Blog Talk Radio. This land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. Good evening and welcome to Yada Yada. We're here with uh, Kirk this evening. And uh, Kirk, I, I know you've been to the new uh, Yada Yawa site. It's uh, yadayah.com uh, or yadayawa.com. Uh, it has all of the new books that have been retranslated and rewritten. Um, I, when you go to the site at the homepage, you'll see a bookshelf that goes across the top. Every one of those books is live. If you click on them, there's you know, anywhere from 500 pages to uh, 700 pages of, of translations and commentary. Um, you can click directly on the books, and it'll take you to uh, uh, each individual book. You can see the cover and, and uh, uh, read from there. Um, also on the books is the link to Amazon, where you can get, with a single click for, I think, it's like 10 bucks or something. It's just ridiculously inexpensive, the whole the whole. Uh, Ensemble every volume uh, via Kindle at about uh, an average price, I think about uh, ten to twelve bucks a uh, a volume. Uh, the books are available for sale. Uh, we're not trying to encourage anyone to spend money. We, we don't uh, make any royalty on anything. We offer them as cheaply as Amazon can print them and sell them. Um, and then uh, also the podcast, every show that we have done is, uh, is categorized and available uh, via the podcast uh, link. There's a whole community uh, page. And the thing that I found out, uh, Kirk, recently at yadayah.com is uh-huh. the thing that was the hardest to do previously is to make this kind of site, which is obviously written material, book-driven, work on a cell phone. And David yeah. has this such that... Uh, you can bring it up on your smartphone and choose any book, and it's beautifully presented. I, I've uh, almost every night for the last week, I've spent an, an hour or two reading various chapters on my cell phone. It's beautifully presented, easy to uh, to read, perfect to put you to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. 
but no, I do. I read. Uh, I uh, read for an hour or two uh, most evenings, and I do it mainly because I want to see how someone coming to us in the most natural way, because there's seven billion smartphones out there, how they would see uh, these books and, and this site. So, uh, he's done a really nice presentation uh, uh, to make all of this work uh, on the cell phone. So that's the Yada Yada site. I encourage you to share it uh, with, uh, with friends. Uh, we're going to return to what was uh, uh, the last chapter on Teruah. Um, we are now translating and editing the second of three chapters on uh, Yom Kippurim. But when we were sharing this with the, uh, the editors, this particular chapter on Teruah, uh, which is a translation of Yashaya 55, 56, and 57. Uh, the reaction was so positive uh, that uh, everybody encouraged us to go to it and go ahead and share it as part of an upcoming show. And then we're going to return to our repudiation of Acts 2. Um, and the reason we're going to do that, you know, don't worry, it's, it's not um, going to be a presentation of the Christian New Testament, but instead of the repudiation of it. And as a repudiation is really helpful because uh, Christianity has been so um, harmful to God's people. And, and even for, uh, for those that have left it and know that it's wrong, uh, uh, having this kind of evidence uh, at your fingertips that demonstrates just how far afield those dinkos that, that wrote it went, to besmirch Jews and create their myth of replacement theology and how obviously it's false, I think it's helpful. But what we're going to find is that um, when they quote uh, passages, particularly Yoel, and we actually dig into uh, those translations and find out what God said, it's uh, uh, most applicable to to our situation here and now. So we'll return to that when we're finished with this chapter. So to uh, go back just a little bit uh, so we can uh, press on in context, here is some of what we reviewed last week. Listen diligent to me, listen diligently to me, and be nourished by that which is good, by that which is useful and beneficial, productive and valuable. This comes to us from our good friend, Tobe and preceded by Shama to listen. Even exquisitely pleasurable and extravagantly superb, divinely delightful and abundantly enjoyable, with these being the most desirable and beneficial options for your soul. Incline your ear, doing so of your own volition, and choose to walk to me. Choose to actually listen so that your soul may continue to exist. And these two statements and the ones that follow are so direct. Listen to God. I was um, talking with a, a young woman that is uh, one of Leah's best friends, and uh, I, you know, she uh, had come out of a really a tough uh, environment, and and uh, we're talking about how these. Uh, 
book translates you know, testimony. She's had copies of them. And, and uh, you know, I told her, you know, this is a father's daughter relationship that Yahweh is offering. And, and uh, uh, but said that, you know, at, at this point, your opportunity is to listen to him rather than talk to him. And, you know, her comment was, well, you know, how am I going to have a father-daughter relationship if we don't have a conversation? And my response was, do you think that you're in a position to tell God something that he is going to find instructive or useful or that he should hear? Or do you think maybe, just maybe, that God knows a lot that would really help you if you listen to him, and rather than playing the religious game of praying to God, you just did a whole lot of listening. For yeah. uh, you know, I recommend doing it for a couple of years. I, you know, I think that at this point, I've done a lot of listening. I've been doing this now almost 21 years, so I've, I've done I've done a lot of listening, and I still don't have much to say other than. Wow, that was impressive. Or oh, thank you for that. <laughs> well done, yeah. Yeah, that was. Oh, what a wonderful insight you shared there. Uh, or, you know, th- I mean, that's kind of where we are. I, I, uh, I it's still at, at this point, and I would imagine this is going to be true for some time. I, yeah. Our relationship works a lot better if our conversations are. Uh, I listen. More one-sided. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, the only time that I talk is like on a program like this, where I'm sharing what I heard. It's it's the yeah. uh, the example of Dode, uh, where Dode became a spectacular student, and as a spectacular student, he learned how to become a teacher. And it's so, really so we all need to go. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with with sharing your words, but but we don't really need to be. uh, You know, there is really nothing that I have found so far that I say, hey, you know, you ought to listen to me, uh, God, because it's going to be really good for your soul. No, but it's a real good idea, and that's what we keep on saying. Listen to Yahweh. You can listen to him by reading his words. Incline your ear so that it's your own volition. Uh, and choose to walk to me. Choose to actually listen so that your soul may continue to exist. Therefore, if you want your soul to continue to exist, what ought you do? Carefully listen. Yes, and walk to God along the path that you provide. It is straightforward, but I guess nobody wants to hear it. I mean, you, you know, you have prayer groups and and the uh, the like, and, and then even have Bible studies of people seeming to think that, yeah, that they're going to get something out of the Christian New Testament. When, when God said, listen to me, I don't know any place in the Christian New Testament that God's speaking in first person. No. That he's talking to us in first person. If you read the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, God is speaking to us in first person throughout all of it. Uh, this is a perfect example. The the me here is Yahweh. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to Yahweh, you need to read the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms. He says, incline your ear, uh, doing so of your own volition, and choose to 
walk with me, choose to actually listen so your soul may continue to exist. Then I will cut you into establishing for you the everlasting covenant, which was affirmed and verified with unremitting love and unfailing devotion for Dode. It's central to what we've come to understand. We listen to Yahweh, we walk to him to become part of the covenant. The covenant is everlasting. There's only one of them. It's always presented as a singular thing. And when it says that it is everlasting, that means that there is no room for a renewed covenant. Now, this covenant is best affirmed and verified, particularly in a very loving and unfailing fashion through Dote. And God here is saying that Dote is the exemplar of this covenant. You want to be cut into the covenant? Then you ought to pay attention to Dote's life and lyrics because he is an example of how Yahweh's unremitting love and unfailing devotion took a man who was so skilled in so many ways, but also very, very flawed, and made sure that he was right so that he could be vindicated. Behold, because surely I bestowed and offered him as an enduring witness to people of every ethnicity and culture, an authorized leader publicly promoting the truth, and as an instructor for an archaic and misled world. I would call that Yahweh's stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. No, no. Listen to me. Your soul will continue to exist. I will cut you into the everlasting covenant, which was affirmed and verified with unremitting love for Dode. Because surely I bestowed and offered him, Dode, as an enduring witness to the people of every ethnicity and culture, an authorized leader publicly promoting the truth, and as an instructor for a misled world. That was Yeshia 55.4. I want to emphasize this here and now, asking you to pay attention. There is a lone Gentile, someone who is neither a Israelite or a Yahudi, whom you consistently fail to recognize or acknowledge, that you can actually read, consistently calling you out, literally summoning you by continuing to make pronouncements to welcome you to an upcoming meeting. In addition, this lone boy, who is not understood or respected by you, you here is Yisrael, and who possesses information you fail to comprehend, shall be and now has been hurriedly brought before you. And he is intense in his continual focus upon you, not wasting any time, genuinely working as quickly as possible to pursue you on behalf of Yahweh, your God, approaching the set-apart one of Israel. If indeed this is talking about us, and I don't know if there's any other uh, candidate. 
And it is, yeah, yada, 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 all the way through this. Mm -hmm. And it is true that we are working as intensely and as quickly as possible. Um, Most mornings here start well before 6 o'clock in this year, rewriting, retranslating, um, providing commentary on what we're learning. And most days, um, I leave this chair uh, around 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. So, and I do that. I used to do it six days a week. I do it for the most part now seven days a week because I have uh, uh, learned that the Shabbat is active. Active. The one thing that we can do on Shabbat is what we're doing. You know, this is a Shabbat-based program. We are actively engaged in celebrating the Shabbat. Uh, The Shabbat is not for doing nothing. It is for doing something, so long as that something is uh, to study and celebrate the Word of God. For indeed, this is going on and speaking about this, uh, this boy, he is reaffirming your status, lifting you up by shaking the tree to knock off the fruit so that it can be gleaned, preparing you for the harvest by recognizing and respecting your value. Um, There are reasons that I have speculated, and I could be right or wrong, as to why Yahweh chose to say so much about uh, this Gentile uh, through Yeshua. Um, Now, there is an entire chapter I devoted to explaining this is who he is, what he's doing, and and how uh, um, God managed to make a uh, uh, somebody that would have no other credentials uh, effective as a uh, as a teacher, as a communicator of His word. And my initial thought was that there may be two reasons for this. One is personal okay. to Yahshua, and Yahweh loves his prophets. And Yahshua, we're told, got to be very frustrated with all of his long life as a prophet, that not a single person in his lifetime capitalized on what he said. All mm-hmm. of these magnificent prophets, uh, the ultimate uh, consummate prophet. He's brilliant. So many of these things you know, are conveyed in his words. You know, I was saying, I want you to write this down, uh, but the prophet gets to inject themselves into the story. Yes, Yahweh likes working through people. He wants them to interject themselves into the story. What, what we're doing right now, reading this and personalizing it, is precisely what he wants us to do. And so mm-hmm. with Yeshua doing this job so marvelously well, and not to have anyone respond to him during his lifetime. It was important for Yahweh to show him that just like he talked to Samuel, where Samuel said, you know, I have filled you, Yahweh. The people want a uh, king. They don't want to to, uh, benefit from the Torah and the judges anymore. And not only that, the king they want is, is, is modeled after the Goyim. And Yahweh says, no, 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 they're not rejecting you. Well, they're rejecting me. And that's part of the message that 
Yahweh is conveying here to Yahshua. But when Yahshua lamented when heaven's door was open and there was no one there during his lifetime, I think Yahweh compassionately said, your words, what you're writing down now, it's going to have a profound effect on Yisrael, on Yahudah. And then could be thousands, could be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, hopefully millions, but the remnant of Israel is going to celebrate Yahweh's return. And it's largely because of what Yahshua wrote. And so much of what we're conveying is out of Yahshua. And so I think mm-hmm. it's God saying, yeah, don't worry. I got you covered. Your, your words are going to make a difference, and I'm going to show you that um, here's this guy that is is going to translate them and speak out about them and write about them, and they're going to prevail. They're going to resonate. And I think the second reason is <clears throat> that um, Yahweh really dislikes rabbinic Judaism. They're, it's not just that they're wrong about everything. It's their arrogance. And so one of the ways that God is, is responding is he told Yahshua over and over again that I looked for someone from my people through whom I could work, and I found no one, and I found no one for a very long time. So he said, you know, God's saying, I just withdrew from you. Stopped even trying. But God made a promise to his, his people, and particularly to Abraham, that he was going to call them home and reconcile his relationship with them in the end. And so Yah was committed to doing it. And because of the stubbornness, the blindness of Yisrael and Yahudah and the arrogance of his people, God said, well, maybe the best way to reach them is they can't stand Goyz. They turn up their nose at Goyz. I'll communicate to them through a goy. Uh, I just think those are the two reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I, probably so. I don't, I don't know how. Who could he, who else could he go to in, in uh, among the Yehudim? It has to be somebody uh, secular. Uh, but who else? Yes, yeah, so I don't think there's anybody among the, the Yehudim. No. There's, yeah, there's there are basically two groups of Yehudim that. Eighty percent of Yehudim are agnostic or, or atheists, and uh, their lives are purely secular. They have a celebrate a little bit of cultural uh, Jewishness, but they're not religious. Mm-hmm. That's about eighty uh, percent of Jews. Um, yeah. And then there's uh, uh, the twenty percent of Jews that are uh, Orthodox. There's a smattering that are Reform. The only difference between Reform and Orthodox is the Reform say. What the hell? The Talmud is ridiculous. Uh, we're not going to be covered by it. And the, the Orthodox, uh, the, the Talmud has become their Torah. When they say they're Torah observant, that means they're Talmud observant. Sure. And of course, they, there's only, even though I will write, there are two Talmuds. Uh, one is the Jerusalem, the other one's the Babylonian. The Jerusalem Talmud is almost impossible to read. It's very crude. It's never really been edited. Uh, it it um, uh, is incomplete. Now, the, the Torah of rabbinic Judaism is the Babylonian Talmud. That's why I was calling them out of Babylon. Uh, so 
I think those are the reasons that uh, he did it. And, and you know, uh, God likes old rascals, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I qualify. Um, and, you know, he, he, uh, I mean, there are some qualities that he, he finds attractive in, in people, and, and we know this because of those. So if you... If you've got some of uh, of Dode's attributes and attitudes, that's probably going to play well. So when you read Dode's Psalms, what do you find? Really outspoken, right? He is yeah. a uh, is a heck of a student. He's, he knows his stuff. He can yeah. he can write because he has read. He uh, has a great relationship with Yahweh. He loves Yahweh's name. He is very articulate and. Uh, he's verbose. <laughs> you know, if you can say something uh, in uh, in a hundred words, those going to take a thousand. That's just the way he is. Uh, it, he's verbose, uh, but he's verbose about a topic that is uh, life and death. Yeah, our relationship with Yahweh. He's courageous, and nobody backs no down. Uh, he's always willing to uh, tackle anyone who is contrary to Yahweh's message. Um, passionate about life and relationships. Uh, these are characteristics of Dode. And so if somebody has those characteristics, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's what I, yeah, yeah. That, I can work with that. <laughs> and I'll, I can, I'll put up with the other nonsense because I can work with that. And, and then you, you also have to think to be really effective with Yahweh that you need to have a little of Moshe. Now, Moshe also had a backbone. That man had courage. And he was also verbose. Uh, he, uh, he was a good student and a great teacher. Uh, but one of the things about uh, Moshe that made him exceedingly appealing is he was the only person on the planet who was exceedingly familiar with the political and religious entity that made Mitzrayim what it was, the crucibles of religious and political oppression. He not only knew the nature of the religion, and he knew the nature of the governance, the politics. He despised them. He saw what they did to his people, and he stood up against it and rejected it and walked away from it. That made him exceedingly valuable to you. Mm-hmm. So it is helpful if you've been stupid in the past, I mean, I don't recommend being stupid in the past just for this purpose, but, but there, is, there is there is a learning value. Curve. If, you, if you have been stupid in the past, you can turn that into an asset by, by uh, uh, knowing how to, uh, to expose uh, and condemn it. So there is uh, merit in that as well. So anyway, this is, this is the nature of, uh, of Yashia. And it isn't just in Yahshua, it's everywhere uh, in the prophets that, that when we get to the end, God has chosen, whether he uses the term Choder or uh, Nakri or Goy, or we're going to find two more that are, uh, are used in uh, the 56th chapter. That is lots of descriptive uh, words. And what's interesting is that none of those words uh, by themselves would be considering flattering. And you can't be flattered if, you've, uh, if, if Yahweh has chosen to engage you in some manner because one of the qualifications is that you're not qualified. 
So, God says. Now, I want to emphasize this here and now. I'm asking uh, you to pay attention. You is Yisrael. There is a lone Gentile, someone who is neither a Yisraelite or a Yehudi, a Goy, whom you consistently fail to acknowledge or recognize, lo yada, that, can actu- that you can actually read, calling out to you. Uh, I mean, that's, go to the website, read all you would like, it's all free. Um, soon it'll be 15,000 pages. Uh, consistently calling you out, that's what we're doing here as part of this program, Limiting, literally summoning you by continuing to make pronouncements to welcome you to an upcoming meeting. What is the meeting we're walking them to? Oh, Teruah. We are the living embodiment of Teruah. Well, we're welcoming uh, Yisrael to Yom Kippur, the day of reckoning. Yom Kippur, yeah. So, yeah. Yes, I'm so sorry. in addition, this lone boy who is not understood or respected by you, who possesses information you fail to comprehend, lo yata, shall be, and now has been, hurriedly brought before you. And he is intense in his continual focus upon you, not wasting any time genuinely working as quickly as possible to pursue you on behalf of Yahweh, your God, approaching the set-apart one of Yisrael. For indeed, he is reaffirming your status, lifting you up by shaking the tree and knocking off the fruit so that you can be gleaned. You know, one of the things that we learned, and uh, as we translated Yeshaya 17 in particular, is that uh, Yahweh is doing a gleaning, and that mm-hmm. there will be Yehudim that don't have to endure the time of Yaakov's trouble because they were because they responded to be a queen. Right. It's, you know, it's probably going to be 7,000, maybe 8,000 people, all total, between Goyab and Yehudim that will be gleaned in the Teruah harvest based upon the numbers that Yahweh provides. But that's still a lot of people. You know, Yahweh was happy with Adam and the honey yeah. done. So that's a lot of people. And, and so this uh, Goy is shaking the tree. And that's the metaphor, even in Yahshua uh, 17 and 18, is that the tree is the, the, the ripe olives and that tree at the uppermost limbs are ready to be, plucked off, but that's how you harvest a uh, olive tree. You shake the tree so that those, that yeah, tree is ready, ready to be uh, harvested. Um, so it, it's, the metaphor here is, is really important to understand. Preparing you for the harvest by recognizing and respecting your value. Um, the chosen people are more highly regarded by uh, well, than anyone else. You know, one of the things I was just writing in, uh, in a chapter is that we aren't uh, chosen by Yahweh. We're not valued by Yahweh for being Goy. Yahweh will accept a Goy who chooses to be with Israel. So mm-hmm. our Goyishness is overlooked when we embrace what it means to be Yahuda and Israel, and we attend the... Uh, invitations yeah. to be called out and accept the terms and conditions of the covenant. And Yahweh was really explicit saying, you know, they're going to be a lot of happy goys when I return. Yeah. Uh, because we have really ceased being goy. We're just, uh, 
we are Yisrael without the uh, the ethnicity uh, of it. Yeah. Well, but I, you have the adoption I, papers. Yeah, we have the adoption papers. We're coming with the Torah, as Dode said, so you can't keep me out. Can't keep me out, no. Yes. Seek learning the information which has been made available about Yahweh, while he may be found and encountered. Choose to call upon him while he is near. We are running out of time. And I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any other uh, radio program or any other book series that are focusing on what we can learn about Yahweh. I mean, the series is called, and the site is, Yada, to know Yahweh. Yada, Yahweh. This program is Yada Yah Radio. Um, Throughout these books, we consistently use Yahweh's name, proclaim Yahweh's name, explain Yahweh's name. And his name is essential to encountering him. Choosing him, meeting with him, benefiting from him. And God says, those in violation of the standard, the unethical and the immoral, the religious and political, the rasha, should choose to reject their own way, along with the evil and deceitful individual whose beliefs, musings, and opinions are not true. Let him choose of his own volition to return to Yahweh so that he may have compassion on him and love him re-engaging in a relationship with him. And as for our God, he will actually forgive many. I, when I give, God says, when I give seeds to the one who sows, there is bread. Uh-huh. So shall my word be. This is important because there are so many places where Yahweh talks about the seed of Dove. And everybody just wants to go to the descendants of Dove. But Zerah means to sow seeds. And here Yahweh said, when I give seeds to the one who sows them, there is bread to eat, so shall my word be. That means that the seeds that are being sowed by Dove are Yahweh's word. Mm-hmm. And that and that is what's being conveyed here. It says, for the benefit of the relationship, that which goes out of my mouth shall not return to me without result, delivering what was expected. If we are nourished by Yahweh's words, the seeds that have been sown by the prophets, including those, then his words will have the desired result, which is to form an everlasting relationship with us. Without exception, it will accomplish the relational benefits which I desire for those I find pleasing. And it will succeed for the benefit of the relationship for which I have extended. That's a marvelous review of Yashaya. Mm-hmm. This then begins, uh, excuse me, Yashaya 55 uh, through verse 11. This then begins Yashaya 56, which may well be one of the most intensely personal um, chapters we have yet encountered. Makes you cry. 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, it is. Uh, it does. It's personal. It's emotional. It's familial. It's affirming. It's reassuring. It's wonderful. It's terrible. It's um, it's all of those things. For this is what he co Yahweh. Uh, Yahweh is a transliteration of uh, yod heh wah or Eloah, as God directed in his Torah regarding his Haya existence, says, promises, and avows. What is the only thing that God tells us to do other than to listen to him? Shamar, be observant. Torah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be observant and consider. What? The misfot. The means to exercise good judgment and justly resolve disputes. It's amazing how difficult misfot is for the religious institutions to translate. I mean, they want it to be commands. They want it to be uh, well, dictates. Yeah. Or yeah, it's mm-hmm. just. But misfot is the key to understanding misfot is something we recognized, oh, probably five years ago. Uh, there was a word that appeared in uh, one of the early Yasaya prophecies that uh, we were translating. And, you know, it's around Yasaya 9, I think, is when we encountered this. And, and it might even be in Yasaya 9. And it was a, a word that, uh, that only appeared twice, and no one could figure out what it was. You had, I mean, things from from left field trying to define it. And, and I just looked at it and was, wait a minute. This is a word, like I want to use misfot as an example. Shafat, which is the end of the word, is exceedingly common in Hebrew. Uh, mm-hmm. It means to decide. It means to exercise good judgment. It is to be discerning. It's to differentiate between right and wrong, good and bad. It's to be just. So Shafat is to judge, to, to be judicious, okay. to, to think and form rational and logical conclusions is Shafat. Well, then there's, there's two ways of writing the um, prelude to that, either ma or me. Ma and me are both the interrogatives in Hebrew. As, and as an interrogative, what it does is it encourages us to ask who, what, where, why, when questions. When, yeah. Yeah. And it encourages us to ponder the implications of something. So Misfot says, I want you to think about, to, to ponder the implications of exercising good judgment of making good decisions. And if you make good decisions, you, in a just manner, you resolve disputes. So God is saying, for this is what Yahweh says. Be observant. Remain focused. Closely examining what thinking about the means to exercise good judgment and justly resolve disputes. This one. Then engage, Asha, acting upon, doing, profiting from that which is correct and vindicating, Sadaka. 
that which is right, justifiable, and acquitting. Because indeed, my deliverance and resulting salvation, Yahshua, my liberation and freedom from Yasha, which is to save, to liberate, to free and deliver, are approaching, are near, and they are intimately personal. And the one who is correct about me will come, and he will be revealed. He will be made known, disclosed, and seen. So, the first part, I mean, it's hard to imagine a statement where every single word of that statement is among the most important in the language. Key, this is truly and surely verifiably what Ko, Yahweh, the name of names, says, Amar. Shamar, be observant. About what? Mishpat, the means to exercise good judgment, to think, to make good decisions. And then Asha, engage, act on what? The Sadaka, that which is right. Yeah, yeah, justifiable, correct, indicating, acquitting. Why? Because my salvation, my deliverance, my liberation, my freedom is near, close, and intimately personal. And the one who is correct about me, Sadaka, who is right about me, it's actually Sadaka Ani, the one who is right about me, the one with the just cause, he will come, and he will be revealed. Allah. Yeah, that's even better. That, that, yes. That's, yes, that's expose everything. That's uncover yes. Show it all. Show people not only what y'all are saying, but what they say, what everyone else is saying wrong. So it's, that's got you in a nutshell. I mean, you got you right there. Yes. So as you, to, be saved, yeah. to be saved, we must know. And to yeah. know, we must be observant. We must also act. Engaging based upon what Yahweh has shared. We must also be right. And to be correct, we must exercise good judgment. So while Yahweh saves, he is discriminating. I want to repeat that because yeah, this is take a really important my, yeah, mindset. To be saved, we must know. And to know, we must be observant. We must also act engaging based upon what Yahweh has shared. We must also be right. And to be correct, we must exercise good judgment. Yahweh repeatedly reveals that though is Sadak right, he is the righteous one who is returning. However, Dode has been so meticulously revealed. He's better known than anyone in Yahweh's unfolding story, other than Yahweh himself. You know, I think there's 1,073 um, specific named mentions of Dote. So there, there is nothing secret about Dote. We're not waiting to reveal Dote. <laughs> he is... You know, it's got the 
here's the poster. He's pretty, he's pretty open. Yeah, he's pretty open. Here's right my now. guy. He is my son. I am his father. He's the Messiah. He's, he's the king. He's the shepherd. He is my chosen one. He's the branch. He's my firstborn. Okay. He's been disclosed. Therefore, Yeshaya may be reminding his people that the Goy, which Israel is one to deny, the one conveying Yeshayah's and Dod's message is here. This reference may serve to affirm that he's right about God. So that Yisrael anticipates his arrival and looks to him for answers. Yes, so by the way, it's what? A thousand and seventy-five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. Uh, yeah, I think I think you, I think you look at uh, they're all uh, keyed off the Masoretic text, and so we're. I think you can uh, push it one way or the other a a, a two or three times. Uh, blessed by the benefits of the relationship is the person who acts upon and engages in this. God didn't say, yeah, blessed with the benefits of the relationship is the person who has faith. He didn't say it's the person who, uh, um, <laughs> who is religious. He didn't say it's the person who is good. No. Most certainly didn't say it's the person who's or evangelical. No, blessed by the benefits of the relationship is the person who acts upon and engages in this. What's this? Everything we've shared so far in this program. Oh, yeah, every, shared every one of these things. Actually, yeah, 55 and, and uh, now so far in 56. Because the son of man, of Adam, by observing the Shabbat, the seventh day of promise, and by not defiling and profaning it without making it common and ordinary, treating it with contempt. He is empowered and strengthened, enlightened and restored. He prevails and established, invigorated and enabled, becoming intensely steadfast and unwavering, renewed and resolute, firm and capable by it. And by being observant by remaining focused and thoughtful, his hand, his actions, and that which he influences is kept from acting upon or engaging in anything unjust, immoral, or irrational, counterproductive, or evil. Well, one of the things that strikes you here, this is you read through this, is that mm-hmm. this child of, uh, of man, this child of by observing the Shabbat and not by defiling it, by not making it common, making it special. He's empowered. He's strengthened. You're you're not, I want to tell you folks, I've worked out a few days of my life and I've gone as a couch potato a few days of my life and I can assure you I was never strengthened by being a couch potato. You know, a, a nap is not going to cause enlightenment. If you want to be enlightened and you want to be strengthened, you got to work. And so when we celebrate the Shabbat uh, and make it special based upon what we, we learn on that day about Yahweh, then we are strengthened. 
and enlightened and empowered by it. And the other thing is God is saying, if you diligently observe, if you study my uh, words, and even if you just are influenced by someone who is studying my words, you're going to be kept from doing something that's irrational, like being religious. Mm -hmm. So this begins by stating that the person who gauges in the affirmation, aforementioned, is blessed. Therefore, we receive the benefits of the covenant relationship by being observant, by exercising good judgment, and by acting upon that which is right, and therefore vindicated. This leads to immediate deliverance and salvation. God then discloses that the child of Adam, first man, of course, born within the Salma is why he would say child of Adam. So we're just talking about mm-hmm. a, a, uh, a young it's person. A lot of people. Yeah, a young person from Yahweh's point of view. Now, Moshe was 80 when he started his journey and, and 120 when he ended, and Yahweh would still call uh, Moshe uh, a, uh, a child. Yeah, he was a child. Uh, and from God's perspective, he was a child. And, and in fact, I, th- I don't think even through eternity, we ever grow beyond the status of being God's kids. So this um, uh, child of man um, uh, with a conscience, by observing the Shabbat, is strengthened and empowered and enlightened and restored, becoming steadfast and unwavering. And this means that the active, studious approach that we've discussed regarding the seventh day is valid. And it's a place where we get a lot of pushback from religious Jews. I would think, but, yeah. So the religious all profane religion, making it common. By doing and nothing on it, the Hasidic make it like every other day in their lives. By doing nothing on it, the Hasidic ultra-Orthodox Jews make it like every other day in their worthless lives. Even if if they read, they'd be reading the Torah. So I mean, they wouldn't be reading the Torah. They'd be reading. So they may read the uh, the Talmud, but yes, Talmud and all horrible things. They don't. (laughs) And they don't engage. Christians, like everything else, replace it with Sunday worship services, and Muslims, clueless as ever, after claiming that their Quran confirms the Torah, play jihadists on Fridays, of course, between prostrations to Allah. This is also a scathing indictment of Roman Catholicism and its stepchild of Orthodox and Protestant Christianity. According to God, our salvation is dependent on how we observe his Shabbat. That's impossible to square with uh, Sunday worship services. The Lord's Day are replacing theology. When we observe the Torah and act upon its instructions, we do become uh, the goody-two-shoes character, but instead real. We become established, we become confident, we become truthful. We become like dote. Our actions are guided by Yahweh, keeping us from being raw, immoral, and irrational. Now, continuing to speak of the uh, the Goy, we find that 
this observant foreigner and authorized designee is directly associated with the Iowa. The text reads, this is Yashia 56.3. Do not say to the observant son of a foreign land, Wabin Ha Nekar, one who pays attention and who is observant from Nekar, who knows and understands through thoughtful examination, who recognizes and acknowledges, and who is discerning and respectful, who has formed a relationship with Yahweh, who is associated with, having joined forces with, who is attached and bound to, engaged in a very close relationship with, and therefore accompany Yahweh. Something which refer or suggest, Yahweh has abandoned me, preventing me from being included as his family. He is separated and forsaken me. Don't say that. And let not an esteemed and authorized designee say, now, if I have become a silenced counselor and a muted messenger, if I become a paralyzed worker, whether an advisor and counselor who has been shut down. To the contrary, this is what Yahweh says. On behalf of individuals, who have been castrated as a result of the positions they have taken as leaders. Laha Zaris, regarding highly valued individuals who have been granted authorization, these official guides who have been emasculated and neutered by their societies as a result of their leadership. (coughs) Of those who provide guidance regarding the benefits of the relationship, by consistently and continually being observant during my Shabbats, who evaluate and then choose to walk along the correct path in difference to me, out of respect for me, to please me, out of their desire to be with me, eager to experience this with me, and who are willing to demonstrate an intense desire to learn about, to be steadfastly committed to, to being empowered by my covenant, Shazaz, to be resolutely focused upon, committed to study, dedicated to accomplishing the intended purpose through an unremitting and unrelenting resolve to help encourage others to grasp hold of and prevail through my covenant. Ba Bereth Annie. I will offer freely giving to them in my home and within my family and within my protected enclosure an outstretched and welcoming hand and a name better than the sons and daughters. And I will give to him and to them an everlasting and eternal designation and reputation, which for the benefit of the relationship will never be removed. Wow. Yeah, I have to tell you, the last part of that is the part that really uh, uh, was so cool to me. Because 
with the team that has rallied around this uh, retranslation and rewriting of all of these uh, books and has been so dedicated not only to their publication on Amazon, uh, but also to their presentation online and fact-checking and editing um, the edit pass. We have so many wonderful people that have become part of this team. And then those who, um, by the way, uh, speaking of part of the team, Steve, whom we reached uh -huh. out to, uh, who uh, communicates typically in the chat room is uh, Mad Dog. Um, Steve Smyrna is uh, is well. He was in the. Uh, sure. I, I asked people to see if they could find out where he was and and if he was doing okay. And we didn't hear from him, but he sent an email uh, this past week and said that yeah, it was a it was supposed to be day surgery and uh, a procedure and and it, it did not go as planned. And he was in the uh, the hospital for two months and did not have access to uh, the internet where he was. And, and so the day that he came home, he reached out to us and told us that he's, he's on the map. So uh, we're uh, delighted to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. So the part that, that resonated with me here is that uh, I will give to him and them. Nathan La, Hugh slash him. I will offer him and then bestow upon them appointing for him and them. The hue, which is him, is in one Q-I-S-A-A, -A, and also the uh, Him, H-E-M in Hebrew, which is them, mm -hmm. is in one Q-I-S-A-B, and in the message read text. I think it's both. I think that all of us who have combined to uh, reach out to Yahweh's people, um, are all included in this. So here's what we have. And, and by the way, everything that God says, we should all personalize. God does not mm -hmm. reveal things that only apply to one person and that shouldn't resonate with everybody. So everybody who is listening, who has the time and inclination and the passion, should go about translating Yahweh's testimony and should go about uh, if they feel like they can contribute um, explaining it to the best of their ability and to sharing it. Um, and, and even if, if that's not their thing, then to take what we have learned and to, uh, to share it, engage in the process. Don't be a couch potato. It's, um, it's much more fun to be part of the process. So the first part of this, God is saying, um, don't go and, and say, woe is me. God, uh, you know, doesn't listen to me. God has abandoned me. God has prevented me from being included in his family. And don't tell him that. Because he ain't going to buy it. He knows it's not true. And if you were to say, hey, you know, I'm, I've, I'm just not up to this challenge, I'm, I'm either too old or too tired or too busy, and uh, God says, uh, I'm not buying that either. You can do something. Yeah. So to the you contrary, this is, 
Yeah, what Yahweh says. On behalf of individuals who have been, uh, we have a world <laughs> that loves to castrate anybody that brings the truth. As sure. a result of the positions they have taken as leaders. You put your head up above the crowd in our society, and people are going to take swipes. Uh, yeah. uh, somebody was over the other day, and they said, they, uh, they Googled me, and I, I just laughed. I mean, it, there are millions of people that are taking swipes at me. I, it, and I don't care. And you've got to get to the point where you don't care. So uh, the very fact that society is lashing out against us tells us that we're right where God wants us to be. Uh-huh. We are saris, highly regarded and valued individuals from Yahweh's point of view. And he's granted us this authorization, and he will grant anybody as part of his family who is, uh, wants to explain and share his words. We are the official guides who, by um, societies, our culture has attempted to emasculate and... Uh, and neuterus. Of those who provide guidance regarding the benefits of the relationship, Asher, who are consistently and continually observant, Shamar, during my Shabbats. Well, it's pretty hard to do nothing if you're, if you're consistently vigilant, observant, and thoughtful, who evaluate and choose <laughs> to walk along the correct path to me in respect for me. Shafats. So we know that path is through the Moed Mikre. And mm-hmm. who are willing to demonstrate an intense desire to learn about and to be steadfastly committed to and to be empowered by my covenant. Chazak, Ba, Bereth, Annie. Because I will freely offer them now, this is a lot of things went into the before I'm freely offering. Okay? Steadfastly mm-hmm. desire to learn about the covenant, committed to walking along the correct path, respect for uh, Yahweh. Uh, they uh, are exercising their free will to show their desire to learn. They're observant and thoughtful on the uh, Shabbat. They have stand, stood up as, uh, as leaders been attacked by their society for having done so and based upon that God says I will offer freely giving to them my home and within my family and within my protective enclosure an outstretched and welcoming empowering hand God is reaching down and out to us, welcoming us, empowering us, supporting us, and giving us a name, a name even better than other sons and daughters. Yeah, there's a lot of wonderful names in the the Torah. Yashaya is one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, Yahweh liberates, he delivers, he saves. Yoel, Yahweh is God. Elyah, God is, uh, is Yahweh. Uh, Noach, worthy guide. Boshe, one who withdraws. Dode, the beloved. 
Zachariah, remember Yah. There are a lot of marvelous names. Those are the names of sons and daughters of uh, Yahweh. Uh, Sarah, to engage in endure. Her name was integrated into Yisrael, to engage in endure with God. Lots of wonderful names. And God's saying, no, the, the name that I'm giving those who uh, engage in such a way that they check off the boxes here that I, I delineated. I'm not giving anything away for free. I'm giving it to them for free, but this is what they have done. I'm going to give them a name that's even better than the names of other sons and daughters. For real? And, you know, I don't, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'd be happy to be called Bozo and, uh, in heaven. <laughs> and most yes. people would. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, but you know, yeah, a name is something that's enduring, it's identifying, yeah. it's descriptive. And so if y'all was going to give us a name that's better than some of those that we have just mentioned, uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Boy, that's, that's, am- pretty, that's more cool. That's amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> and wow. I will give to him and them an everlasting and eternal designation and reputation, which for the benefit of the relationship will never be removed. Now, I've I've long thought that here we are. We we began this, uh, at least I did, uh, almost 21 years ago now. Uh, Kirk, I think you're 10, 12 years. uh, 13, 14, yeah, 30. Yeah, we're getting close to 14. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been doing this for a, uh, a good while, and uh, we have you know, probably in the range of, what, uh, six, seven, eight uh, more years, maybe a little more if we uh, uh, participate in the witnessing during the uh, those last three years. But that's kind of what we uh, have left, and, um, and that seems like an awfully short period of time to give up, even if you're, if you're devoting 10, 12 hours a day to it. That's a very minuscule amount of time to give up for the realization that there may be 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 more people sharing eternity having an unlimited number of days. It's a logical, reasonable trade. And mm-hmm. understand that it's, it's not like we're trading um, something where we're, uh, we're giving up something to gain something. You know, we're giving up our time, for example, to gain time for others, most of whom we don't even know. Uh, because our, our time that we spend in this is so mm-hmm. rewarding. So it's like, yes. I'm going to give you the opportunity to study with me and to, uh, and to learn from me, and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to share what you learned uh, from me, and then I'm going to enrich other people with it. So it, it seems to me 
it's kind of like the Passover meal. Uh, we're not yeah, really giving part, anything yeah. to Yahweh. This meal yeah. here is really structured. So no matter what yeah. we do, we receive um, infinitely more than we're contributing. Well, Craig, even if you were just to do, um, if you were looking at these passages and you just sat down and you just translated a few, each, a few of the keywords, just for your mm-hmm. own satisfaction, you realize this is really what he says. This is not a mm-hmm. joke. This is because I, I, all this last few weeks, I've been also looking at the old, the uh, Christian Bibles and how bad they are. But only if, and you, it doesn't even take much but a few words to do it. So it's, it should satisfy you personally that, you know, you're hearing the r- right thing. You can prove it to yourself. And the more you do it, the more you feel like Yahweh's right there with you. And obviously, yes, he, he, he knows what we're doing. He knows what you're doing. He knows what yeah. everyone yeah, is doing that participates in the show or just listens to the show and gets uh, better so they can help their children. Right. Uh, he knows. He cares. It's, he does. He's, he's back, this he's is like back engaged. Yes, he's back engaged. Yeah. The, yeah. the set-apart spirit is back engaged. Um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, we're right up against it. Yahweh is near. He is approachable now. Let's uh, take advantage. So let it not be said in the presence of this Nagar and Saris, the observant foreigner who's come to understand through thoughtful examination and who, as an official designee, has been ostracized from the mainstream, that Yahweh has abandoned his people because he hasn't. His people have abandoned him. Nor... Uh, let it be said that he or anyone has prevented uh, his, uh, his people from knowing him. Now, interesting thing here, my, uh, my computer, it just decided in the middle of that that it was going to um, uh, close down Word. Isn't that uh, interesting? But anyway, it's, it's come back up. Let's just hope that my computer that it's, it's not time to, uh, to shut it down again. But um, sometimes you just yeah. uh, want to curse uh, Bill Gates and company for creating an operating system that... Uh, that um, Don't operate. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't operate. Um, but those things are not true. Uh, we know better. Uh, the Israelites are... Ex- estranged from God because they have done this to themselves. Our mission is to share this profound truth with anyone who will listen. Mm -hmm. Moreover, this Akhar and Saris has not sought to replace Yehuda. We're not preaching replacement theology. No. Instead, we're here to welcome Yehuda Jews. We're committed to guiding God's people home. This process begins by being observant, by coming to know and then forming a relationship with Yahweh. Yahweh values the observant, especially when they take their lumps for standing up against the ways of man. He wants us to provide guidance. He wants us to endure the uh, the darts and the arrows of the naysayers. 
especially when we talk about the benefits of the covenant relationship. The insight which really stands out here, I think, that grabs our attention, is the way Yahweh describes his uh, designee um, observing the Sabbath. He, mm-hmm. he is uh, not inactive. He is not doing nothing, as the religious profess, but instead is genuinely observant. <clears throat> What's the best place to be observant? Read his testimony. Uh-huh. Translate it. Comment on it. it. Think about it. You know, uh, so as a result of this approach to this day of promise, he is found leading others down the path which leads to the benefits of the relationship. And this is something, <laughs> excuse me, that the Nakar Ansaris is eager to experience with Yahweh, as it is born out of his deep respect for God and his desire to please him. I, I find pleasing God to be quite pleasing. You know, as such, we are demonstrating an intense desire to learn, which is empowering. And Yahweh has responded to this devotion to his covenant by welcoming us into his family. God is doing so with an outstretched and enabling hand. You know, while it's apparent that um, we are seeking to please God, Yahweh is not pursuing um, accolades. We aren't pursuing accolades. Mm. Um, God is offering us a better name than any other, but not because we have requested it. I didn't even think about it. Uh, oh, there's times I thought about, hey, you know, uh, Kirk, you and I don't have Hebrew names. Uh, so wouldn't it be nice if uh, if we were given a Hebrew name? You know, I picked one that I thought was really cool that I really liked, which was Yada. Uh, still like yeah. that name. Uh, but we don't have Hebrew names. Uh, Yah was saying he's going to give us one. That's pretty cool. But yeah. know, we didn't ask him for it. We're not we're not seeking these kinds of things from uh, from God. It's just God's nature to want to uh, to give. And the name that he may give us, by the way, is the same name that he is giving all of his children, which is, again, reemphasizes the importance of making everything personal, even though it applies to everyone. Mm. Everyone in the covenant yeah. is going to gain Yahweh's name. And so and if, yeah, if we're gaining a name that everybody is gaining, it's still the best name there is. Yeah. Yahweh. Yes. Yeah. So God is offering us a name better than any other. And the only name that I know that's better than any other is his. And we will forever be known. By You're good, as, huh? Yeah, one who shared the benefits of relationship. This goes on to say, the children of the observant and discerning. And that's all the rest of us. Yeah, you know, uh, I uh, yeah, that's uh, the, the descendants here are uh, are those who are part of Yahweh's family because of what we have learned. Yeah, but I do think it it was nice of Yahweh after that extraordinary yeah, disclosure. Yeah, that uh, yeah. that existed in uh, in uh, chronicles of uh, words of the day where Solomon is giving a commencement speech 
for the uh, the completion of Yahweh's home on on Mount uh, Moriah, and he closes by talking about this Nacrit, which is based upon Nacar, and so we're familiar with it because we we found it not looking for it. We found it because we were actually trying to come up with a serviceable definition for Zeroah because yeah. it became obvious there were three Zeroah and they aren't all the Passover lamb, the sacrificial lamb, so that one definition was insufficient because Dode is also a Zeroah, as is Moshe. And so we were we were trying to come up with a workable definition for Zeroah, uh, which became the protective uh, uh, shepherd, uh, the uh, uh, liberating uh, shepherd as well, the one who protects the flock, the one who leads the flock, but also the, and delivers the flock, but also the yeah. sacrificial lamb. So we, yeah, the enabler. we also learned yeah. that Zeroah is based upon what verb? Zara. So the Zeroah is one who sows the seeds of truth. And we were searching for the meaning of Zeroah when we uh, came upon that uh, passage, because it says that the Nakar is going to focus on the Zeroah, it's going to identify the Zeroah, and it's going to tell us that the most important of the Zeroah is dope. And that's where we found the, uh, the Nakar. Uh, and here, and Yashaya, Yah was using the same term. Do you realize too that what uh, when you said that uh, when we when we came to that conclusion when you when you started talking about it uh, a lot of people became exactly what this uh, last few paragraphs were talking about they they said uh, don't listen to this man yeah exactly and oh, so y'all said listen to, and y'all yeah. said listen to this man don't. yeah they they more that that. Um, Several things happened along the way. One is that we we lost um, uh, a significant number of those who were listening to us when we came to expose and condemn Paul. So be it. We uh, lost a a very significant number of those who were listening to the program when we came to realize that uh, Yosha was nothing more and nothing less than the Passover lamb. lamb. And we lost a lot of people over that. When we began yeah. to explain that from God's perspective, Dode's right, and that Dode is the chosen one, he is the son of God, he is the Messiah, he is the king of kings, a lot of people didn't want to hear that either. No, I freaked them out. Yeah. And then when Yahweh did something that we did not expect, uh, quite frankly, I don't think I, I, I would have preferred it not to have been that way, uh, which is that he has many, many, many prophecies about what we are doing. And I mm-hmm. think that caused people to be uncomfortable because uh, we had way too many people initially that were conspiracy buffs. And yeah. I became so, when God made it clear, we don't, don't engage in those conspiracies, don't promote conspiracies. Yeah. And I began yeah, to expose and condemn them. Uh, we had a lot of people that turned uh, there, and then to hear God say, you ought to listen to him, you ought to do what he says, 
Uh, you ought to capitalize on this. He's writing my uh, my sign, my nest. Uh, mm-hmm. That caused a lot of people to uh, again to um, uh, to walk away. Um, and we are never going to walk away from where God's words lead, no, even if they don't lead to the place we expect. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I really do. I, I do too. Look how many things have just opened up. You just go, wow, look, I didn't have everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah and I well, also think that there was a, there were some people, too, that um, I can think of one in particular now that that uh, doesn't much like Jews. And so when, yeah. when I rewrote all of these books saying, you know, I had been way too uh, anti-Christian uh, and uh, not nearly the focus that was needed on being uh, anti-Judaism. Yeah, and it was a shortcoming. Their religion. Yeah, it was a yeah, shortcoming yeah. that that I'm writing these books. Yeah, I was writing these books for the benefit of his people, knowing that there will be goyim who will read them and capitalize upon them. But the primary thrust of Yahweh's message is always to his people. And there's a lot of folks that just don't like Jews. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of things that you can say that's not going to make you real popular. But uh, so long as you continue to focus yeah, Yahweh. on Yahweh's message, you're going to be popular with him. So the children of the observant and discerning for the knacker, the one who pays attention and is attentive from the car, the one who knows and understands through thoughtful examination, who recognizes and acknowledges, and who is perceptive and respectful, have formed a relationship with Yahweh. So the children of the observing and discerning foreigner have formed a relationship with Yahweh. What a wonderful affirmation of what we've done. Mm-hmm. They serve him. <laughs> Boy, can I ever think of the hours that have been devoted to this outreach to God's people. We serve him, and we do so with love of Yahweh's name. Mm-hmm. It is the banner to which we all rally. We love Yahweh's name. Seeking to exist as his co-workers, they always observe exclusively, literally, and continually. They examine and consider. It's the call participle active, known for actually and actively being attentive and thoughtful on the Shabbat, making it special by not disrespecting it. You know the best way to disrespect it? The way you would go Just about uh, disrespecting yeah. Yahweh's name. Yeah, ignoring it. Change it or ignore it, yeah. Right. You do nothing? Yahweh's script. Wow. That's yeah, God says, Yahweh. I want you to act and engage. I want you to be observant. I want you to listen. So you want to disrespect God? Don't listen. Don't observe. Do nothing. Right? Yes. I mean, it's just... Uh... They willingly yeah, well, demonstrated. Yahweh scripted this. Wow. He, he, he did. They, uh, <laughs> this, this is, is not you. Yeah, you, you don't like this. You don't like it. Don't complain to me. You know, if you don't like it, uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't. First of all, it's not fair. Actually, if you don't like it. Complain to me. Uh, Yahweh's had enough complaints already. They willingly demonstrate an intense desire to learn about, to be steadfastly com- committed to and to become empowered by my covenant. Boy, how many times have we said that? It's not just the love of Yahweh's mm-hmm. name. 
the emphasis in all of this is to be covenant. We realize that all of God's benefits come to us by accepting the terms and conditions of the covenant. We are committed to, we're empowered by, we intensely desire Yahweh's covenant. God speaking in first person. It is my desire to bring them to my set-apart mountain and cause them to rejoice being elated in the family. Who is them? Seeking to exist as his co-workers, they uh, always observe. Who is them? The children of the observant and discerning foreigner who have formed a relationship with Yahweh. Yahweh says, it is my desire to bring them to my set-apart mountain and for me to cause them to rejoice and be elated within the family. Their uplifting sacrifices and elevating offerings will be accepted and they're going to be favored on my altar. This is because my house shall be called a home of intervention for the entire family. What a a letter from Yah. What a letter from Yah, yes. We're we're going to think about everything in there, but uh, one point at a time. Hasidic Jews look down upon uh, non-Orthodox Jews, and they are racist in their degradation of Goya. (laughs) With all evidence to the contrary, they view themselves as superior. And yet those receiving preferential treatment from Yahweh are goyim and secular Jews. As the proverbial sons and daughters of the knacker, observant foreigner, they would all have been decidedly anti-religious. Now let's be clear. The goyim who are being adopted by Yahweh are not being accepted because they are goyim but instead because they have chosen to be as Yisrael was intended. These Yehudim are not being rejected or replaced because they are Yehudim, but because they have chosen to behave like Goyim. The Goyim who are going to be there on Yahweh's mountain, who Yahweh is bringing there, who he is having celebrate with him, whose offerings he has accepted. What are their offerings? To sow the seeds of his words, mm-hmm. and to cultivate them, and to bring souls to him through this... Uh, Studying their words. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, on his testimony. Uh, yeah. that, that those goyim are there because they have chosen to be what Yehudim means, beloved of Yah. And the Yehudim that are not being there are not there because they have chosen to behave like Goyim. Said another way, the covenant relationship is correct while Judaism is wrong. There is nothing wrong with being an adopted Goy in Yahweh's family because guess what? 
you get a name that's still better than the names of other sons and daughters. And even if they call you Bozo the Clown, you're there. They can never take that away. There are a number of commonalities between what has been said of the NACAR and those who have come to know Yahweh through this partnership. And it is a partnership. That's how Yahweh likes to work. Okay, so we are a minority partner. Doesn't matter. Following Abraham's footsteps, we have come to enjoy a close personal relationship with Yahweh. As children of the covenant, we have fallen in love with Yahweh's name, which is why you find so many of us congregating around a place called Yahweh. To a person, we are thrilled to be employed by our Heavenly Father. We consider it a privilege to serve, yeah. As unqualified as we may be, we recognize that with time short and workers few, God is more than capable of overcoming our inadequacies, enlightening and empowering us with his word and with his spirit. As Yahshua's prophecy attests, we are actively engaged on the Shabbat, celebrating the promise of the seventh day by being observant. We use this day to closely examine and carefully consider Yahweh's Torah teaching, his guidance. For many of us, the seventh day gets underway as the sun sets on a Friday evening and we begin our Shabbat Torah study on Yada Yah Radio, as we're doing now. For us, the Shabbat is liberating. It is the antithesis of the rabbinical approach of being paradized by ridiculous religious edicts that ensure that this weekly opportunity to enhance our relationship with Yahweh is squandered. With Hasidic Jews having made their stifling and antiquated religion their way uh, and their life's work, their halakha, their walk. The Shabbat is profaned as the most religious day of the week. Excuse me, unlike those who have come to know Yahweh through his nakar, they show their contempt by honoring their Talmud and then call their religious drivel the Torah. They despise Yahweh's name to such a degree they have edited out his Torah and prophets. The majority of souls who have come to know Yahweh through the Nakar's translations and shared insights are actually Yehudim Jews. We are Shazak Ba'bereth steadfastly committed to learning all there is to know about the covenant. We demonstrate our unremitting and unrelenting resolve to encourage others to prevail, as we have, by becoming part of God's family. We identify ourselves as a covenant. Upon Yahweh's return with Dawud on Yom Kippur, we joyfully anticipate being brought to Yahweh's Har Kodesh. 
his setup out Martin Mountain. We'll be there. Yeah, we're going to be there to celebrate God's reconciliation with Israel and Yahuda. It is the happiest and saddest day, the most important day of all creation. Up to this point, there is no more important day for Yahweh than this day, the day of reconciliation with Israel and Yehuda, because it's forever. And every promise that goes on, they will never again face hardship. They will never again be separated. It is the single most important day in all of Yahweh's eternal existence. Yom Kippur, I'm in year 6,000, Yah. And we're going to be there. Yeah. We're going to observe the reunion. And to some degree, we serve to enhance it by openly sharing the words of the prophets. As part of Yahweh's growing family, we rejoice knowing that that we contributed as Yahweh had requested. Yes, Kirk? Where, where on this planet could you study the Torah? You, 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 yeah. There's some people that could find pieces of it out. Um, but, I mean, where could you go? This is a big deal, near from the start. Yes. Yeah. And realistically, you know, I understand that, that very few people are willing to take the time to correctly translate the words of the Torah and prophets out of uh, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls or even from the Mesoretic text. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realize that uh, most people don't speak Hebrew, you know, just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the world. And while English mm-hmm. is the lingua franca of the world, and more people speak English than any other language, uh, particularly people that would be receptive to knowing Yahweh. Uh, that not everyone does, and there are folks that are all upset that do us not fair. What about the person you know that doesn't have access and doesn't speak English? But you know, realistically, uh, just be be honest here. There are seven billion smartphones out there. Every smartphone yeah. has you can, you can a translating capability. You, you can mm-hmm. use your smartphone to translate any text in all of the browsers. So you want to translate? If it's not your native language, it will offer to translate. It's going to be translated to any language, and it's all free. And thanks to, uh, to Jackie and David, it all is available to you. There is no excuses. It's there. If you want to prioritize it, it's available to you. Our offering on this day will be accepted because it's comprised of Yisraelites and Yehudim. We offered to study Yahweh's words. We offered to listen to Yahweh speak. We offered to be observant. We offered to learn. And we offered to teach. And that offering, where Yahweh has provided the seeds, and we have planted them and nurtured them and scattered them and and now we're reaping their fruit. We will have played our part in calling Yisrael and Yahudim home. The favorite of God will be lifted up on this day because they too have come to love Yahweh's name, Yahweh's people, Yahweh's place, and Yahweh's words. 
We intervened in this dispute on behalf of the entire family. We intervened by rebuking Judaism. We intervened by celebrating what it means to be Yehudim. We did intervene. We didn't intervene as, as a mediator. We didn't intervene as a savior. We didn't intervene as a prophet. We didn't intervene as a, uh, as a messianic figure. We didn't intervene mm-hmm. under any title. We intervened simply because Yahweh asked us to. And our intervention was to do what Teruah requests, loudly, boldly, bluntly, expose and condemn those things which lead people away from God while witnessing to the truth. That is our offering on this day. And it has been accepted. And it has borne fruit, and the fruit are known as covenant. At this glorious moment, one in which we find our beloved Yashaya celebrating the life of Dod and examining how we should echo his sentiments to call his people home, I consider it right to contemplate where Yahweh has inspired his prophet to take us through these words. And I'm going to share this and then we'll begin this time next week on Yeshaya uh, okay. uh, 56 8. But um, humbly, and it's very difficult to talk about this. Um, we, I can say we, I, I know it's I, and I think that share, I think it's share, um, have made only one request of Yahweh. I mean, yes, to begin this process. I know I asked for three things, uh, which were that that uh, God would protect um, my home and family because what we were doing was dangerous. Uh, and it's one thing for me to be vulnerable. I've lived a wonderful life. It's another thing to put them at risk. And so I mm-hmm. asked him for that, and he has done far more, far, far more than what I asked for in that regard. The second was to never allow me to work alone. That to provide the spirit, to provide insights, to provide the support, um, to do what was necessary to make a, an inadequate tool functional so that I would never have to be self-reliant. I would always have Yahweh's involvement and support and contribution so that uh, at, when we function the best, I am a tool to be used. And the third thing I ask for is that God would work to make what we learn available. And a David comes into our lives, and, and, and you know, and a Yoel before him, and has mm-hmm. made this message available online. And then we have these wonderful tools where I. I Jerry McLaughlin is able to um, find uh, broadcast opportunities and radio uh, stations where we had not only our own show, but prior to that, probably in the range of 5,000 hours of 
radio interviews yeah. on talk radio shows around the, uh, the country mm-hmm. uh, sharing this message and that Yahweh well, would find a way to communicate it. And then we have you know, a Jackie and the edit team being so dedicated to these uh, uh, books and these publications. Uh, and then we have something I never would have expected, which is ability to take the text and the within days of the time that it is completed and have the book available in so many different formats. Um, and they're all now available uh, here, many of them free um, and others so ridiculously cheap that uh, your soul, I'm sure, is worth it. Uh, these were the things that we uh, we asked and we didn't ask for for anything else other than I said in passing several times that I would like uh, if Yahweh would humor me two things I wanted to be among those who was a not just a spectator I wanted to be a contributing witness at the trial against Muhammad and against uh, Paul I figured I had devoted enough time to exposing and condemn them that while I'm certainly not needed and God can do better than me, I, I would find satisfaction in being among those who condemn them. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we asked for was to be a, in the back of the room, inconspicuous, just having the opportunity to see the glow, twinkle in Yahweh's eyes, the smile on his face, uh, the outstretched arms of the first hug as some of, uh, of those who came to know Yahweh and become part of the covenant because of, of what we had learned and shared. That I thought sharing that moment, if it's not too private and personal, would be a wonderful thing. Uh, and uh, so I've, I've, I've asked for that. And yet here now, we read that on the most important day in the eternity of Yahweh's existence, that he's not putting us in the, allowing us to sneak into the back of the room. He's bringing us to his set-apart mountain. He is causing us to be among the celebrants. He is saying that what you've brought I accept. Um, it's so reassuring. So Yahweh. Um, yeah. And and as we as we go to the the uh, and maybe I'll leave the uh, recap for next week so that uh, we okay. roll into it. But it is so Yahweh to say, okay. Um, from your perspective, you contributed nothing and gained everything. That's not Yahweh's perspective because he's dad. And no matter how big a head start dad has given us, no matter how many tools dad has given us, no matter how much dad has invested in us and set us up for success, when we do succeed on his behalf, it makes him enormously happy. And while this should be Yahweh's 
most glorious day to celebrate the reconciliation of the relationship with his people. He recognizes that if he shares that joy, it's magnified. And if he gets to share it with his children, so much the better. And if he gets to credit his children for whatever little bit they contributed for it, what would make a father prouder? And so it is exceedingly revealing of his role in our lives and his nature that he has allowed us to participate in something that he is entirely responsible for and that we are beneficiaries of. And yet from his perspective as dad, he wants to credit us and show his um, satisfaction that we were there and we did our best. So it is an exceedingly touching thing. It's why this is uh, uh, material is, is so touching because everything we've come to know, everything we've come to share is reinforced in these words and we're all brought right into the middle of it with uh, Yalaf, yeah, was celebrating um, Yom Kippur. Oh. With what us. a walk this is, eh? Wow. Oh, what a walk this is. If it, if it uh, gets better, I, uh, I don't think I could handle it. I'm <laughs> pretty happy with the <laughs> way, down the way things some, are. Some calm yeah, down, if it's going to get better, you better go slow. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll blow circuits. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, uh, Kirk. Thank you for uh, everybody as part of this uh, team. Uh, please enjoy the uh, the new website, yadayah.com or yadayahwa.com. Please share it, uh, particularly with uh, with Yehudim, with Israelites, and of course with Goyim. There's going to be a lot of very happy Goyim celebrating Yom Kippurim with, uh, mm-hmm. with Yahweh. May uh, May Yah bless. I uh, look forward to being with you this time next week. I'm sorry for my voice going in and out, uh, but uh, we, uh, we do not claim at any point to be uh, uh, perfect implements. It is through our flaws that uh, Yahweh shines most brightly. Yeah. May Yah bless. Happy Shabbat. Shabbat. Yeah. Shabbat Shalom, buddy. Good night. Good night. This time next week. Bye. Mm-hmm.